Hey, welcome to the Africa podcast. Today we have another episode in our outline series, which tries to trace how an idea goes all the way from inception to implementation. Our special guest is Carol Sansur, and we're talking about her poetry project in the time of apricots. This conversation was hosted by Nisreen Shahadi. Hope you enjoy it and see you next time. So welcome everyone again. I am uh, Nisreen Shahadi from Afikra and uh, this is another episode of our conversation series and specifically our outline series where we talk about one specific project and we're very excited to have with us Carol Sansur and Carol is the co-editor of The Sultan's Seal and host of an occasional video podcast. She is an agitator, social provoker, and campaigner who has an interest in post-national, post-gender, and post-religion identities. She is a proud mother and partner, and she works and resides in Athens, Greece. Welcome, Carol. Thank you, Nisreen. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It's such an honor and pleasure to, to have this opportunity to talk with you. And uh, before we get started, um, I would just, you know, love to hear from you uh, kind of how you got uh, started as a, a poet, how you began writing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that uh, for a while, for a long time now, before the Mishmish, film Mishmish was um, uh, published, I used to uh, jot down stuff. I used to write, basically. Oftentimes, I also used to write uh, opinion pieces that were published in the local newspapers or, uh, you know, Arabic newspapers around the Arab world. But uh, it was around 2012 where um, I uh, was um, taken seriously by others as somebody who writes uh, poetry, I have to say, and uh, was encouraged to really focus and, and start writing. Uh, uh, I never took up their uh, advice, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I never took myself seriously about writing until um, later in life, I would say in 2018, where um, there was enough material to come up with uh, filmishmish. Wonderful, yes. In the time of the apricots. In the time of the apricots, yes. And that is um, the work that we're going to be discussing today. So is this, um, you know, tell us a little bit briefly about um, what this is, you know, when somebody, if somebody were to receive it, what would they, what would they find? Uh, this is a very small pocket size uh, poetry collection. Um, it is a personal account uh, of my life uh, in a certain period of time. And uh, it is a new Palestinian poetry, I would say, in a shape that might not have been introduced to the world in that, in that way. What's interesting about it is it's also almost like an art object because it is designed in a very nice way and also um, has um, the mishmish in three languages, the poetry in three languages, English, French, and Arabic. Yes, that's uh, definitely uh, an amazing aspect to it. It's uh, it, it opens with the Arabic, and then what I noticed is that the the French and the English um, the the poems are actually in the reverse order. Was that something intentional, or was that something uh, that kind of happened? Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we had, it was a tricky thing to to do because how do you if you have noticed I don't know Nisreen, that the book doesn't is not even doesn't have num page numbers it's mm. not numbered like that because we we in the discussion of how to produce this object we didn't know how to best place the English the Arabic and the French. So if you're reading from left to right, you end up reading the French and the, the Arabic, the French and the English. If you're reading from right, sorry, from left to right, you would read English, French and Arabic and right and right to left, it would be Arabic, French and English. So it depends on how you, you look at it and, and where do you start, but they all have the same exact um, work. Oh, absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, there are many iterations of a project, you know, and many sort of ways to conceive of it. Um, was, you know, what was the first uh, version of the name of the project? Did, did it always have the name in mind? Uh, it, it was, was never a project, you know, until, uh, you know, much, much later stage. It was just writings and some of the poems were published actually separately. And so what what was that moment that it actually was like, no, this needs to be a book? Uh, I was visiting a friend of mine who's a great supporter, Umayya Abu Hanna in, in Holland. And uh, we were just chatting and and she was like, but Carol, come on, you do have enough material. So you go back to Abu Dhabi and start thinking about a book. We kept on talking about the possibility and the potential of a book. And then, and uh, th this was where it just started brewing. I mean, still, I'm not believing that <laughs> this can be a book. So I have, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, here we have this question about, you know, what, who were the five unlisted co-founders uh, who you've never met, but inform your work. And I have, kind of in the back of my mind, so I, I'll let you answer, but I um, kind of an idea or a question about who those might might be, um, you know, who kind of influenced uh, or maybe like even from before this was even an incept of a, an idea to publish a book, um, who, who would you kind of point to? Yeah, I think it's who who informs who, who am I, you know, in so many ways. My, my work is who who is Carol, really? And uh, it wasn't clear for me in the beginning, but if I read now more and more, I know what I'm talking I know who influences me, you know, like my mom is a hero. My mom is there. She's like, and then funny enough, and I don't know if this fits your uh, criteria of a co-founder, it's my hometown. It's, it's all of a sudden the, the other big player in this uh, work is my hometown. Yeah, and that those, yeah, these are the things that influence us and shape us, and it's not necessarily a person. Mm. Um, uh, so if you could, you know, of course, a, a project never kind of follows maybe a direct line. You know, what are some of the things that created some friction or slowed you down before you launched? Well, the, the first big obstacle was me believing that this is a project I want to make sure that, you know, I undertake. And this was a huge thing for me to, to say, okay, yes, we'll do it. Uh, but then publisher, you know, just finding a publisher was, uh, again, because the, the understanding of what 
it's not even finding a publisher it's finding a publisher who's willing to uh you know i had a few who refused to publish the text because it uses certain language you know certain terminologies it's like even um they wanted to change it and there was also like you're a new person so we need to help you this kind of always like to help me to them meant that I all of a sudden will start writing differently. And this was an impossible thing for me because honestly, I think one of the beauties of this project is that it was published the way I wanted it to be published. Absolutely. So, I, you know, another um, quote that kind of came out for me uh, reading uh, Yusuf Racha, actually, the, the translator of your poems into English, mm-hmm. says, um, you know, the power of your work lies in the effortless way it subverts received accounts of both the Palestinian cause and Arab womanhood. Is that something that you feel that you really were very consciously set out to do? And not consciously. I mean, the only conscious thing that I am setting out to do in my daily life and in my work is to be myself. I mean, I don't have to be anybody else. And I don't have to go by anybody's rules and, and guidelines. And I think that is, I didn't know um, that it was such a challenge <laughs> to just say, this is how I want things to be said. I don't want to change them, you know? So, yeah. Um, uh, I never thought of myself as a woman. I never thought of uh, myself as a Palestinian. I, I think of myself as a person who has I like things, I hate other things, and, and so on and so forth. So, and, and this is what I want to move with in my life. Mm-hmm. Be yes. true to myself. Right. Um, and so I guess this kind of answers this question in some ways, but, you know, is this something that, um, you know, somebody had to do this or that it was really a, a very personal mission that you had to do this? Well, yeah, of course, I think I, this is what made me at the end publish it is because I felt that there is very few voices out there who present Palestine or just our existence in a different way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so uh, I had to do it. <laughs> and I think, again, uh, I think that for any anybody with any integrity, it and for, you know, when they are in touch and seriously creative and uh, involved in what they do, with any integrity, you would, wa- you would want to do what you really is called on to do. So it, it would definitely be uh, your project. Nobody else can do it because it is really your project whether it's good or bad, but it is really the project that nobody else can do as well. Here is something, now the question is really about like, kind of if you were to sum this up in one sentence, um, you know, what is, what is the question that your project was sort of seeking to answer? No, it's difficult, I have to say, but I, I guess I had no intentions other than sharing my thought with the universe whoever is reading it this is you know it was just a yeah just happily sharing i mean it's interesting that you put this question with this text for instance about uh 
out of nationalism. And I think, you know, that says it all. This is my position. I, I am somebody who has positions on things. And I think what I'm trying to say, this is my position. Yeah, um, can you actually tell a little bit more? Because this definitely, this line gave me, uh, like, it, it definitely made me stop and think, you know, it, it may be that the idea of Arab nationalism precisely is the idea of the state of Israel. Um, and so, you know, can, can you just give us a little <laughs> insight into, like, Yeah, no, no problems. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, like just nationalism in mm -hmm. its raw sense, in its the way things are, the way it is manifested. I mean, what differentiates what's happening in? Oh, I don't want to start politics. I guess I understand. It's just, I mean, the state of Israel is based on nationalism. Is based on the one identity, the Jewish state, right? So, and if we say we're Arabs or we are Sunni or we are Shia and we are Christians or whatever, this is, or we are only Arabs, we've seen the Kurds, we've seen the uh, Armenians, we've seen so many different identities and we are all of that identities. And you cannot, I mean, I feel my position is weakened with Hamas and Fatah, for instance, against, in, you know, like, in trying to end occupation, because we're thinking in a very tribal nationalistic way, when this is not how I think where power can be found. This is where weakness is. And Israel, as far as I'm concerned, is a weak state. Yes, it's it's a superpower, but I think I think that we're doing what Israel is doing to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know, I think just even the difficulty with which we're having this conversation is reflective of kind of the the hegemony of discourse, you know, that there are certain things that we are, there are certain, there's a script of like how this shall be discussed. And so when we challenge aspects of the script, um, which I think, you know, in a line like that, it's, it's definitely there's a there's a challenge there. Um, then yeah, I think that we, you will have some reaction, some sort of uh, pushback to that. But um, but it, it's part of I think kind of moving forward in this in this uh, in this new world that we are you know trying to create and and imagining the future of the region. Uh, it is not an easy thing to do for sure. Um, I'm gonna. Let's keep moving. Uh, what were um, what would you say were some of the turning points or maybe an, an instructive failure? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Publishing. This was a new terrain for me. I didn't know much. I didn't do enough. I now I'm now knowing what I know now, I think I didn't do enough legwork to really find the matching publisher. So I think uh, that this is also something that we've talked about, knowing what you know now, um, you know, what were, what are some things that you maybe would have prepared for differently? You spoke about um, understanding maybe the publishing world a little bit more. Um, does anything in the else? Arab world in particular, I mean, I'm, I don't, I cannot speak 
about anything but the Arab world, I think you really need to figure out how and who is your publisher. Yeah, how, how do you, we, you know, we touched on this maybe in the beginning in terms of giving ourselves permission to, you know, to sort of publish and, and put things out. Mm -hmm. Now that it's out, you know, what does, uh, how do you quantify achievement? What does, it, what does success look like for you? Mm. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's the, the quantifiable bit is how many copies were sold and how many people are reading blah, blah, blah. but these numbers i don't have access to again we go back to, to the same uh, place uh, but also i mean the these are not uh indicators of achievement as far as i'm concerned uh it's really hearing from somebody i've never heard of and they are moved and touched and inspired by my work. This is an achievement, for instance, for me. But I think my biggest achievement is that I um, uh, I managed to, I mean, you uh, described that I'm an agitator. And I think my biggest achievement was actually a month ago when um, my hometown just recognized my existence. <laughs> so fine, I was banned, I was censored previously by the church by by the municipalities but then i was um i had the chance to speak to to one of the mayors and uh, he he appreciated that i speak and i put things differently and invited me to an event that was they they launched and celebrated the filmishmish so to me this is like a great achievement uh, all the copies could be sold but this is the only copy that really mattered to me. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like an incredible experience um, mm. to, to feel that sense of uh, kind of a full circle. But um, mm. how and, and uh, would you say that you felt that there was kind of a recognition for that agitation that you had that you had yes. Uh, yes. created? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and, and, and the ability to say it's okay to have a different voice and still respect that, you know. We have a request to hear some of your poetry, which I have to second. Um, would you, would, uh, I'm a horrible reader and I can't read in English, for sure. No, in Arabic, you can read, uh, can you, would you like to read in, in Arabic? أمارس الحب على ناصي الطريق تقاطع باب العمود على الأغلب لا أرى وجه حبيبي ولا أسمع له أنين شاحنات ومجنزرات تمر من جانبنا نرتعش وكأن ريح صيف أخذتنا أقطع الشارع مسرعة ألوح له بيدي أرى وجهه الهارب من بعيد لا شيء فيه, فيه يشبهني أحس بنهم من الأشياء أجلس على حافة الطريق أركب تزاحم البشر وأحلم أني في حلمي أحمل بحسن أشعر ثيولد في العشرين لا يعرف غير أمه والشارع نمشي سويا نحو البيت يحدثني بولع عن المعركة لم نستسلم يضحك أعترف له بخوفي يعد لي الشاي ألم أسفل بطني يجبرنا على أخذ هيئة جنين يغطيني يهددني كطفلة أنتم لم تعرفوا الفرح فتمتم على الخوف أنام على وقع, على وقع صوته طلعات غارات وهمية 
اختراقهم لحاجز الصوت يوقظني ما زال الوقت صامتا في هذا المكان أقلب بين المحطات الفضائية أخجل من تفاوت الموقف أشرع في الترتيب هذا ما أفعله في العادة لطرد شبح ما كل شيء في مكانه إلا أنا أتذكر أن فلسطين ما زالت على قائمة الأولويات ألعن اليقين والمكان ولا ألعن الزمن هذه المرة Thank you so much um, Yes, a lot of appreciation for the, for the um, for that Really beautiful so which poetry um, do you love to read? What's, what are some of the poets that you read? Ah, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I don't like reading poetry oftentimes, I have to say. And many of the writers that I know are partly poets, partly writers, like Hassan Barghouthi, Barghouthi. I love Yusuf Raha's poetry. Um, and I think, like, for instance, somebody like Hassan Blasem, who doesn't write poetry at all, but to me, this is what poetry is. It's just the way the expressions that are used and, and the way the ideas are communicated. It's There's poetry about it, even if it's not in a poetry format. Okay, um, this next question is from Reem, and uh, she asks, um, how experimental would you say your writing is? I don't know. Um, it could be very, <laughs> it could be very, because I have no boundaries. And it's just that I play with words and ideas uh, more than words sometimes. And this is more important to me than the actual format of the, the final text. So in, in a way, it is organically experimental because I'm, I'm playing and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure things out as, as they move. So I'm, I'm not set to write a poem in a certain way at any time. Um, we have a couple. This is like a quick uh, sort of lightning round of um, quick Q&A just to get to know a little bit more about you. So what is something that you are reading or watching right now? Mm. I'm embarrassed to say I'm watching uh, Seinfeld because it's on yep. Netflix <laughs> and I'm reading uh, finally I got a copy of Tilka uh, oh my god I've been wanting to find this copy and finally I, I managed to get it um, who would you love to shadow for a day past or present they don't have to be alive uh, I would have loved to be aware around my great-grandmother, Jamila, her name was. Mm. Uh, what do you think people most misunderstand about your work? Uh, again, I think the, the idea is because oftentimes it's political, oftentimes it's explicit about um, uh, my position on the church. Uh, I'm not out there to get somebody. I'm just <laughs> expressing myself. Yeah. Right. So maybe not no, no agenda. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no agenda. No. And I guess whose work do you admire and are inspired by? I mean, other than the people I've mentioned, um, Jean Genet, I think, is somebody that I'm inspired with. Uh, and um, definitely Sana'a Al-Ibrahim and Hussein Barouthi. That I think wraps up our conversation. I just want to thank you so much for um, taking this time with us and um, 
hope you enjoyed um, talking with me as well. And uh, really just, I encourage everybody to to check out the poem, the book of poems in the time of the apricots. Um, some really amazing poetry. Um, Thank you, Nestrine, so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure being with you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.